0: Welcome back to More Than Running. And wow, do I have some updates for you guys. First of all, I just want to say thank you so much for everyone who has subscribed to my Substack, More Than Running. It's my first newsletter, and it's my way of expanding the More Than Running universe to talk about things that I think are interesting more than the podcast. The More Than Running newsletter will talk about a few specific topics. It'll be a similar format each week of what I thought about on my runs that week, a result of the week of a female athlete who I just think they need more highlights of their performance, what I'm reading and listening to, whether it's another fabulous podcast, a book, and gear reviews. Because if you guys didn't know, I kind of am a gear nerd and I'm really picky. So I only like to share the best with you. So check out the newsletter. Let me know what you think. Leave a comment. Subscribe. And I'm so excited to continue writing. It's something that's a little outside of my comfort zone, but I'm really, really looking forward to continuing building that platform. Another exciting update is that More Than Running is brought to you now by Koros, my new favorite GPS watch. And I made the switch to Koros last year, and I'm not going back because Koros is an innovative performance brand that helps athletes to train to be their best. And they combine innovation, technology, advanced hardware, a great mobile app that gives me accurate data, and they work with the best athletes like Molly Seidel and Des Linden, some guests of the pod. And Koros has really helped me train for the half marathon. I'm really looking forward to moving up in distance to potentially OTQ the shall be a journey and the app shows me my base fitness levels and training loads so I can prepare for race day especially as I'm adding in other activities into the mix. The watch is super intuitive and easy to use and beautiful and I highly recommend it for anyone looking for a simple effective training tool. So if you want to check it out go to chorus.com and if you use code Dana, D-A-N-A, you do get a free accessory for any watch when you purchase. So that's exciting as well. I will continue sharing more over on Instagram about my journey with Coros and I'm just so grateful to have them as a sponsor of this podcast. Okay, that's enough for the updates. Let's get into it. Today's podcast is a little bit of a throwback. I did record this back in December and it's the final episode of the More Than Running Stolen Starts series. So if you're new here, this is the series where I was pairing professional athletes with members of New Balance's Stolen Starts, a women's running collective with women all over the world doing interesting things in and around running. And it was a really beautiful way to pair together both ends of the sport and it's something that I feel extremely passionate about, of bringing more of the everyday and professional closer together. Each of the episodes in this four-part series highlighted a specific topic. We started back with Femke Bol and Tammy Salazar-Andorand, where we talked about how running has inspired them and really changed their lives. Second, we had Heather McLean and Harki Khaleesi back on episode two, where we talked specifically about mental health and reaching out for help when you need it, and how running can not only be a stressor, but also an outlet. Then in episode three, we had Gabby Thomas and Vanessa Ong speak about pathways for opportunity with running and what doors have been opened with running. And now in this final episode, we have Emma Coburn and Elodie, a runner from Paris, who's also a musician and marketer, and we really focus on sustainability and what they're doing in their specific lives to lead a more sustainable lifestyle through running and beyond. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and get to know a little bit more about Emma and Elodie's interest in sustainability. So on the podcast today, we have Emma Coburn, world champion, and then Elodie, our very talented musician, marketing master over in Paris. Welcome guys to More Than Running. Thanks, Dana. Uh, (laughs) So I think I like to root things of where you guys are in the world right now. Emma, where are you coming from? I'm in Boulder, Colorado
1: right now. I live and train in Colorado, born and raised. And winter is not terrible so far. It's a beautiful blue sky day. I ran in shorts
2: and a t-shirt. It's lovely
0: today. Oh, that sounds pretty nice. And on the
2: other side of the world, Elodie, where are you? I'm in Paris right now. My hometown <laughs> I was born in Paris, not far from Macriqueur, Montmartre. And it's nighttime. It's been quite cold today. But it's 9 p.m., so it's still early for me, and I'm really glad to be here.
0: I'm rounding things out on the West Coast, coming to you guys from sunny, 65 degrees like it is pretty much every single day in San Francisco. Not quite cold Colorado, but I do miss (laughs) winter. So we really want to kick things off with kind of some fun rapid fire questions. This is how I've been starting all my episodes, and I've been loving it. And it's, where's your favorite place in the world to run? So, this being an international episode, you guys are coming from everywhere. Emma, you've really traveled extensively to run and race. Have you, has that somewhere outside of Colorado caught your eye? <laughs> my favorite place to
1: train is Colorado, specifically Crested Butte, Colorado. But outside of Colorado, my favorite place would be St. Moritz and in Switzerland. But I do really enjoy racing in London and I've, very much enjoyed racing in Paris and running around Paris as well. Paris, obviously, you can tell me, but it's surprisingly a really good running city. I think everyone thinks of New York as a great running city, which it is, but Paris was has always been a great place to train for a few days for me.
2: Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, we have quite of nice spots, but maybe I see it differently because, because I was born here, but yeah, there's a lot of places here in Paris I love to run. Also, I like Montmartre and the Sacré-Cœur because it's hilly and I like uh, hilly places and uh, and I like to run in the forest, any forest in the world. (laughs) Any forest, single track or like a wide forest trail? Both. Both and by the river also everywhere in the world, but by the river. Yeah, there's lots of
1: trails in Colorado you can come and run on, lots of wooded forest trails. Love
0: to <laughs> Emma. Do you ever do any single track trail running? I feel like that's not exactly the most conducive. It, to it doesn't back. connect with us, but yeah, where I grew up in Crested Butte has
1: a ton of really great trail runs, and it's actually super popular for mountain biking. Trails are really well maintained, and cared after and because of mountain biking. So it's a ton of really good trail runs, but I typically am not doing anything with a ton of vertical climbing. Cause I'm, tr- I want to run a little bit faster than what I can if I'm like climbing up super steep mountain trails. So my favorite run in the world is on a trail called the lower loop in Crested Butte. And it's like generally pretty flat, single track, but just gorgeous.
0: I am obsessed with single track trail running, but without vert. And those are some very rare runs. There's one in Park City, Utah that cuts across Deer Valley all the way to Park City. So it's 26 miles across Oh, whoa, straight flat single track at 7,200 feet, which is just why it's not. It's calculated because it's a trail, but you can yeah. kind of get going if you can avoid the mountain bikes. Yeah, that's nice. That sounds ideal. Where's your favorite place in the world to run if it's not Paris?
2: Yeah, I am, um, like I said earlier, every forest in the world. Are you saying like a specific place? Like a specific
0: or? place. If you were to pick one forest.
2: Maybe it's not a forest, then it's a jungle. It's a kind of a jungle. It's in Cameroon because my mom is from Cameroon, so I'm half from Cameroon. And I had the opportunity to race there, just to run in the morning before it gets really hot. And yeah, it was really nice in the. And it's half city, half jungle. I loved it. I think I
0: need to add Cameroon to the list because that has definitely not been a place where I would typically associate with running. But I need to learn much more about it. I'll ask you after this call where I should go. There's a
2: famous race in Cameroon. It's called the uh, Mount Cameroon Race. I think it's a marathon. And because uh, it has a mountain. So this one is really hard. It's with, it's with the... Guinness. It's a Guinness marathon, I think, because there's the snow at the top and it's really hot when you go down. So, you, yeah, this one is complicated. And I think some people died in this trail. <laughs> oh
0: no. um, okay, maybe I'll take it off the list. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next rapid fire question is your favorite person to run with? As this has been a toss up. Many people can't choose one, but if you had to say the first person you're going to call to see if they're available to go for a run. Emma, who would it be? The
1: first person, my favorite person to run with is different than the first person I would call because my favorite person to run with okay, is they're in my the same husband place Joe. As you. No, my favorite person to run with is my husband Joe, but he doesn't really run much anymore. He'll sometimes oh, double no. with me, but so he'll run a few miles a week with me. But so he's my favorite person to run with, but he's not available all the time. So any one of my teammates on Team Boss are that's the group I'm texting to meet up with. We always have a really nice time.
0: That's a bummer. You can't just have him for every single run. Is he too busy now with that?
1: No, he just knows I have enough teammates who are good runners and can keep me company. So I think he doesn't feel... I think he used to run with me more because he felt like I would be lonely or he felt sorry for me, but nope. just I have too many runner friends. So he just leaves me to be with the girls and he'll join me for maybe two short runs a week, three or four miles. And those are really nice times. But yeah, we used to run a lot more together, especially when he was still actively training and in college and stuff. But nope, just on my own with the girls, which is pretty great.
0: I feel like sometimes on social media, I've seen you going off on a very cold, snowy solo run that looks a little depressing. <laughs> <in> <laughs> I Crested run alone View. a lot.
1: Yeah. When I'm home, I run alone a lot. But I usually always listen to like an audible. That's usually my go-to is if it's an easy run, I love getting lost in a book on a run. I think that really helps the time go by. And then of course, if it's a workout and I'm by myself, I'll listen to music or something because that's, you need a little bit more oomph than a slow audible. But yeah, I I definitely have some solo, cold, kind of sad runs. But if I'm I'm listening to a badass.
0: It's like, if I knew you were listening to an audible maybe it's a little less badass. ass, but yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's always like a hardcore, it's
1: always a really like a murder thriller mystery type book. So if I'm running it's and then the killer walked in the room, that's what I'm usually listening to.
0: (laughs) That's so scary to be running by yourself and listening to those things. Maybe yeah, it doesn't faster. spook
1: me. I don't ever, I don't ever get, yeah, I'm not one of those people that like gets freaked out or nervous or thinks something bad is going to happen. I leave my door unlocked all the time and just think, oh, everything's going to be fine. I'm not so, on wood for you. I know. I'm probably just a little naive here, but yeah, it, that's, that helps me kill the time if Joe or my teammates aren't
0: available for me or I'm at home by myself, those books. <laughs> all right, Ellie, who is your favorite person in the world to run with? And then who is the first person you would call to go for a run in Paris?
2: I don't know, because I usually run on my own. And if I don't run on my own, I run with a crew. I don't have a special partner to run with. Yes. So usually it's a crew of friends, like different crew of friends. Friends from the neighborhood, friends, especially girlfriends that don't run a lot and need the motivation. But that's it really, just little crews. Yeah. I think you're downselling
0: your crews because it seems like there's a lot of them in Paris that are going all... I know you mentioned when we were live in yeah. New York that you had you were with one crew and now you're with yeah. it running more individually. How do you decide when you're running individually or with a group of people?
2: Especially when I like interval training, interval run, running in the stadium. I hate to do that on my own and I have zero motivation to do it on my own. When it's in the stadium or I need to do some special exercise, yeah, I do it with the crew. 100 percent and yeah and uh, when it's a long run or if it's a special occasion or if we we decide to to have food together after then yeah sometimes it's the the crew running day
0: All right, last rapid fire question. We're going to start with you, Elodie, is what is the best music you run to? Your Zoom screen has some guitars in the background. We obviously know you work in the music industry. You're musically talented as well. But what are you listening to? And you're going to surprise me if you say you listen to no music.
2: Yeah, I don't listen to music. Whenever. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes in the stadium, because it can be dangerous for me. I think for me, it's dangerous to, to listen to music if I run. Outside, especially in town in Paris, but yeah, I usually run without music, but if I do, I listen to techno music because it's got the same rhythm so it's complicated for me to listen to the music without being focused on the music and the rhythm and even my breathing change when I listen to music, so that's why it's hard for me to listen to music and run, and techno is quite so it's easy. A lot
0: of the women who have been on this series has talked about like their pre-race songs and like Gabby Thomas, the, who's a sprinter, she was like, I have to listen to, to calm music. I can't listen yeah. to techno before my race because I waste all of my energy getting too excited and into the music. Am <laughs> are you the same way?
1: Yeah, I I have a very specific, like if I'm running on if I'm running on the treadmill and I have a workout, I'll I have a very specific playlist of songs. And sometimes techno is too, if it's like on shuffle or someone else's playlist is going and there's something like really upbeat, it like makes my heart race too fast. I will, and like you said, like your breathing sometimes will change, Elodie. So I am just a real basic girl and I love my workout playlist has a lot of like Taylor Swift, Machine Gun Kelly, Lady Gaga. Surprisingly, I really like ballads, like a big Lady Gaga mm. that might seem slow and might seem like it's not
0: You're that ally. playing.
1: Yeah. Oh, for exactly that. Or there's certain kind of sad boy songs that like actually... Just the way that they build gets me in a really good rhythm. So yeah, it's a bunch of just basic kind of pop, rock, punk genre stuff. But like I said, if I'm doing an easy run, I just like getting lost in a book. Because sometimes if I'm listening to music when I'm on an easy run, I just start thinking of each song is three and a half minutes. So if I'm usually running seven minute pace for a mile, I'm thinking like, all right, two more songs and then I'm a mile done. Two more songs. And I just start thinking of it too much mm-hmm. as time passing and less getting lost in it. And that's why I like an Audible. And Elodie, where I live, is in the mountains and it's really safe. So I re- I understand why running in a city with people and traffic and cars, like that would yeah. be, and dangerous people, like that would be a more sketchy path to take. But for me, running on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere, getting lost in a really great book is like my movie. favorite.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's why you run fast.
0: <laughs> yeah. I have to listen to the same playlist because if I'm doing a workout, because if it's a new song, I'll get so distracted by the new song that I haven't heard before. It's not because I'm mm. musically talented and breaking down how the song was composed. It's more of just, I'm like, I've never heard this one before and completely mm. lose all focus. And then, can't do it. So I normally listen to no music or news podcasts, which is I'm like, this is the only time that I'm probably going to be engaged in the outside world today. Might as well kick off the day with a little bit of news.
2: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, but for me, for pop music, if I listen to, I try to listen to musical too, or Lady Gaga, or Rihanna. But I start dancing on everything. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm not a very good
1: dancer, and I'm a good runner. So that's where I just my, that energy of wanting to dance just gets into running
2: faster. Uh, yeah, maybe, but not me without know, being a good dancer. Just to move my body, I want to dance. <laughs> Definitely the rhythm
0: of everything between running and music is all connected. I'm going to switch gears a little bit and get into kind of more of the topic, the meat of what this episode is about, and how you guys are totally connected in a really interesting way. And I think that something that New Balance has done, which is super cool, is on the surface, we all seemingly don't have a lot in common. But when you have running at the center of who you are and what you do, you actually do have a lot in common in a way. And the reason why they paired you guys together was your shared interest in sustainable practices. And I only know this at a surface level for both of you of what that actually means to who you are and what you care about. So without getting too much into it, I don't want to steal your thunder. I'm going to kick things back over to you, Elodie, and learn a little bit more about your work with sustainability, why you care, why we should care. And yeah, just at a high level, introduce like, your relationship with sustainability. Emma, I'd love to learn from your end of things. I know about your investment in Blueland, the sustainable company, of course, but where did your interest in living a more sustainable lifestyle come from?
1: I I think living in Colorado, it's a little bit just ingrained in a lot of people to (laughs) care about our world and to um, try and treat it well. Whenever people are hiking or backpacking in nature in Colorado, it's very much leave it better than you found it. You would never ever leave a piece of litter anywhere. And so I just think there is an innate appreciation for nature and being outside growing up in Colorado. Um, And I'm by no means perfect. There's many things that I could do a lot better. And especially given the nature of my job that I have to fly places. And when we're at a on the track itself they only allow you to have bottled water not your own reusable one so there's certain little things that of course will never be perfect but i do think it's just important that we all pay a little bit of a little bit of attention and if we all just try and make slight improvements that adds up when it's spread across 8 billion people and so my biggest involvement or interest in sustainability has been really with that company Blue Land that you mentioned. Um I'm a small owner of and my friend started the company. And I really appreciate and look towards brands who make who make those choices to be more sustainable or create products with less waste or reuse a packaging that's reusable or recyclable. And Blue Land is a cleaning company that sells cleaning products in like tablet form and then like a forever bottle so like you buy this one bottle and then you buy these tablets and then you dissolve it in water and that's like your cleaner and it saves a ton of fuel costs for just shipping the water the big water jar of cleaning spray um but then it also is compostable packaging and non-toxic ingredients and all these other really good things but new balance has that too where They'll put a green leaf on Mm -hmm. their products that they sell that are more sustainably created. And so I typically look as a consumer, I really look for brands that do that. If I order something online and it comes with a ton of packaging and styrofoam and all that stuff, I'm not going to really be shopping at that company Mm -hmm. again or I'm going to try and avoid it. So I think just as a consumer, we all can seek out and look for those products or companies that are making sustainability, a little bit more of an effort. And as a, as a person, we're not all going to be perfect, but if we can just each make little positive steps and do our best as a consumer, I think that's, that is a really good start.
0: That's so cool that your friends started the company. I didn't realize that it was actually a friend of yours and not just an opportunity that came up. I am yeah I've yeah. certainly been influenced. I have my Blue products here. Oh, They're gosh. great. But to have, I think it it's really interesting. Like when you decide to like work somewhere as well, and you're like, do I want to work at a company that's just selling things to sell them? Or am I working something that's like more mission-driven? I think it's really incredible that. Not only did you have a friend that it's creating like a vibrant, sustainable business off of something like you're both mutually interested in. Yeah, he's he's incredibly smart and he has
1: created co-created this company and someone who I admire, obviously, for that. But just in general, that company and other similar companies that are it's not greenwashing. They're Mm -hmm. actually just trying to genuinely make the world a better place or slow down. any decline, I can really appreciate that. And again, outside of my own sponsorship with New Balance or investment in Blue Land, I think just as a consumer, making those choices of companies that have more sustainability at the front of their mission is always a great way to try and be. And not everything is going to be perfect. Sometimes you have to buy something that's not going to be from the best company because you... Desperately needed, or a lot of things in the medical field have a lot of waste, but it's necessary for hygiene. for hygiene and for being sanitary. So, of course, there's certain things that we can't be perfect all the time, but little steps really can add up.
0: Yeah, sure. Elodie, you, you've been nodding your head a lot. Does a lot of that resonate with you?
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Even Emma, when you said where it comes from and, and it's uh, the same reason. Cause even if I was born in Paris and I grew up in Paris, we, I used to go often in my grandparents from France, they are in the countryside during the holidays and we we're gardening with the, with my grandma and my granddad. And I think the link to the nature and the link to the land also, you understand that things are not infinite, that like when you cut something and it's time to grow again. When you take the carrots or you take the fruits, you need to, to, to wait one more season. It's not like the supermarket and you just buy and everything is infinite. And I think that also comes from that to understand that things net need time to grow. The earth needs time to, to redo things. The, what surrounded us is not a supermarket. So I think, yeah, that comes from the same um, feeling to just understand the nature that is surrounding us. And uh, yeah, also a lot of things resonate because also, as you said, we're not perfect, but I think. Every choices we made are political also, in the way we choose what we choose or the brands we choose or the action we do every for sustainability and sustainability. <laughs> and every, I think every action, every little action can help us because we all link to to to, to one the other. If if a country do something, it will have an impact on another one. And the same, if you do something on your garden, it will have an impact on someone else. Yeah, every little thing can change a lot. And yeah, in the, in every day I I try to consume uh, like uh, the most clever way. Even in, when I eat, because I'm a vegetarian, and some sometimes people ask me why I'm a vegetarian, and I say that it's not because I find the animal cute. Because when I used to eat, you have been in the countryside, or uh, that you you have, I've been killing some rabbits or some <laughs> animals to eat, and have any issue with that, but. It's just when you understand all the industry behind that and you're thinking, but there's, there is no no point or every disease is the main diseases that, that like COVID or H1N1 or a lot of diseases are coming from this industry of, of uh, human thinking that they're God. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, I'm going too far. But it's uh, really, yeah. Uh, History. No, it's
0: something you're passionate about, and it New Balance's one liner for you on their Stolen Stars website is that you're using your platform to promote sustainable practices. Yep. And it seems like that goes across every aspect of your life. Does it have any expression in the music that you create as well
2: in the music i don't know i don't know maybe something i can't realize maybe it's a feeling maybe it's a behavior maybe it's a soul i don't know or in the messages i don't realize no there's not a sustainable label i can have on my music but maybe one probably, day yeah maybe but probably something you can feel yeah uh, i'm not talking about i don't know money and and big cars and stuff maybe I don't know. I'm not the opposite of sustainable musician.
0: So Emma, one thing you mentioned that it's really hard with your job as a professional athlete who's traveling around the world to live a sustainable lifestyle. Is there anything that you do to offset that purchasing carbon credits for all the flights that you're taking or even saying? just having a further understanding of that, because I think that's something where a lot of people when they have a job is, okay. I'm not going to say no to traveling to Tokyo because it's so far away to compete because that's my work. Have you ever thought about considering doing something like that?
1: Yeah, and I also a big part of my what sustains me as an athlete is like finding a balance of joy and happiness and family and so that often mm-hmm. is also like going on a vacation or a trip or exploring a different part of the world. So It's Mm. not like I'm handcuffed to a plane because of my job. It's also like I do enjoy travel and stuff. Yeah, I've bought, I've purchased carbon credits before. before. I've Um, wanted to do it,
0: but I honestly wouldn't even know where to
1: start. You're when you book a flight, often your airline will have that as like a airlines now make that an available item. But yeah, I think that's an important thing to remember for a lot of people is you don't have to. It's not binary. It's not I care about. The environment, or screw it, none of it matters. I think there's a huge population that exists in the middle that you might take a flight and go on a vacation, but you're also going donate to an organization that is, yeah, or you're going to eat local, or you're going to bring your reusable bag, or you're going to like Elodie, not not eat meat. There's a lot of middle ground we can all exist in to where you can practice some sustainable habits and not be perfect but some sustainable habits that will are better than nothing and yeah. are better than choosing to just say it's so bad i'm not going to do anything or saying my whole life mission is sustainability and there are totally great human beings that are that way but i think there's a huge portion in the middle where i fall into where i do i do my best with certain choices along the way but i'm not necessarily guiding every single choice I make in life, whether it's, I just came back from a family vacation.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's like, like this like responsible consumerism in a way, because when we as an individual, like at the end of the day, you're, it's corporations that are doing most like the polluting in the world. Exactly. So yeah. Even you can, to have those conversations about it, like your daily life. It's like, those are things I haven't even, some of the things you guys have talked about today. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I should probably reconsider that in my own lifestyle.
2: Yeah, Elodie, I don't know if you wanted to say about the lifestyle or about the in the companies. But what you said when you said that, that uh, yeah, there's a lot of people in the middle. I totally agree that there's no like the perfect one and the bad boo people. <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of the middle and and, and everything is about finding a balance uh, about what we can do and what also we need to uh, to feel happy <laughs> to be happy it's not uh, it's not about being unhappy and uh, have a shitty life and have a green shitty life no it's about <laughs> finding a, a place where we are happy and uh, and uh, and everything fits together i also uh, think
1: it's consumers do hold a lot of power about mm-hmm. what we want to have in our lives and i do think brands more and more are responding to that. And like I said earlier, like New Balance has a little green tag on their shoes and clothing items that are made in a sustainable way or with cotton instead of plastics. And so I think as a consumer... If we continue to purchase those things and continue to support those things, then the corporations and the brands do respond to it. Yeah, it is yeah, we do open. hold a lot of the power as consumers.
2: Yeah, it so does the marketing of today. Before marketing used to create needs or just to say you need to buy that, or you need to to buy that fish to be a perfect wife. But now <laughs> marketing to understand what people need. And to answer what, what they want also. If people want sustainable brands, if they want that brands have an impact on their life and on the planet, then yes, obviously they have to respond to that. And that's what New Balance do. Some don't, but yeah, New Balance do with the, some of the products that are made with sustainable um, materials. But I think even with the collection that was uh, unisex, it's called Unessential from New Balance, for me it's also sustainability. Because uh, in the fashion industry, there's a lot of thing about being men or women stuff. It's just a size you can, uh, anybody can wear a t-shirt, a woman t-shirt, or anybody can wear a men t-shirt. But it's just to create more and more stuff. But yeah, For me, it's also a way to be sustainable, to create unisex collections.
0: I'd love to see your own new sex collection. That'd be really cool. You can get one of your Stolen Start sisters to design it because they are some pretty talented graphic designers in there.
2: Too. Yeah, he's really talented. Yeah, yeah.
0: Emma, you said the word greenwashing earlier. Brands like saying that they're sustainable and they're not actually being. I've seen that so much this year, even more so than normal. Have you seen that? I like the example you give a green tag for like marketing something that's sustainable. Is that something that in Colorado, you like, there's probably like some standards that you like hold things to that you can't just say something's clean. I feel like the Coloradans (laughs) would deal at least where like call the bullshit for that.
1: Yeah, honestly, I have, I am lucky that my, the environment that I live in, Boulder is a city that really cares about that kind of stuff. But um, also through my friendship with, John, the co founder of Blue Land. I just following Blue Land on Instagram, you learn a lot about this stuff and you learn a lot about going back to what we were saying, Elodie and I, of living somewhere in the middle of just making tiny little improvements. I learn a lot of tips just from following Blue Land's Instagram and being like, oh, that's one little thing I can do. And that's one small, tiny thing that adds up. But so a lot of this greenwashing, I feel, comes from as we were saying like there's so many consumers that are demanding sustainable products and consumers are wanting that and so brands are sometimes making this bs fake statement or product or packaging or whatever that says marketed as like green or non-toxic or the words are and there are legal requirements and again like i've learned that just from following blue land and what those differences are but I do feel like there's an increase. Like you said, Dana, you're seeing more of it. I do think there's an increase in this greenwashing because those consumers are demanding more of it. And so the cool thing about it is that being green is now like this popular thing that brands are pretending to be. And I obviously like the next step is having that performative gesture of being green and greenwashing actually then Taking the next step and being green. And I think that regulating that and all that is all above my head. <laughs> I don't really know the intricacies and legalities and the specific terms and all of that. But weirdly, I do think all this greenwashing is like kind, kind of a, good a positive. Thing. Yeah, because it's a signal that we as consumers are craving more of that product. And we hope that there are the beauty of the internet and social media is, I think consumers and regulators are more open and honest and can get the message out that, hey, wait, actually, that's not really non-toxic or that's not actually a sustainable product, whatever it is. There's just such better forms for like Mm myth-busting all that stuff. But it is, I don't know, like I said, the legality of it all, but it's definitely increased. But I think maybe that's a signal that things will turn that corner to have it be real
2: yeah and that I was to say it's one of my wishes that green uh, washing or brands saying that they're doing green things should not be a marketing efforts should be like the opposite like saying saying that you're cooking with organic food is good. But it should be the opposite saying I'm cooking with non-organic food, with the food with that chemical in it should be that way that you should be communicated because that's the dangerous thing. I don't know if you have that also in in the US, but sometimes you have a product. France has
0: a lot stronger rules for saying what's in things, but we do have the organic labeling, but we don't you have would have no idea what's on the non-organic produce.
2: Yeah, we also have organic things, but I don't know if you had some new products and they say, oh, this one doesn't have that and that, and then you realize, oh, really? Uh, I don't know, let's say a lotion, everyday lotion, and they say it's vegan. And you're like, wait, well, is it not supposed to be vegan? Uh, Where well, is it animal inside? Or when you have, a, I don't know, there's a brand of ham in France and they say there's no drugs in, in the ham. And you're like, but is it not supposed to be like that <laughs> every day? I think sometimes you realize what was the, the, it's like saying, yeah, I'm a good person because I say hello, but everybody should say hello. Isn't it, you should not be promoting that like, is you a special person? It should be the opposite. Okay. somebody <laughs> that, and I think the- in the U.S., the, the food system
1: is more and more organic items are becoming, the grocery store is getting more, saturated with that. And again, whether it's, so I do think those products that aren't do stick out more because you are, our grocery stores may, even 15 years ago. And at least my memories used to not be mm-hmm. as it was a small, tiny organic produce section. And then now it's like almost all yeah. the produce is organic. And then there might be the little corner that's not, mm-hmm. it is, it is shifting maybe a little bit.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, In the US, they also have these lists too, where they say there's some foods you definitely should buy organic, like the dirty dozen, where here's the ones that are extra, the pesticides, if there are. And then there's other foods you're like, it's okay if they're not organic for you health wise, which is actually really interesting. But it takes a lot of thinking on the consumer side to make all these decisions on a daily basis. I would prefer if I didn't have to make those and everything could just be a little bit more sustainable.
2: Yeah, sure, sure. (laughs) But even like for the organic food, I see organic food, let's say onions and like organic onions, non-organic onions. When one is from France and the other one is from so far away, it's like there's no point to buy organic product when it's like it's been traveling from so far away when it's, we're talking about an onion. But yeah. Sometimes to make just clever choices, I'd rather buy something that's local and it's not been traveling all around the world with probably a condition really stupid and that is non-organic. Than something that's organic and it's been uh, taking the plane and 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 the boat and uh, a car <laughs> and it's just an onion. So, well, that's yeah. what's
1: one fun thing is New Balance does have the factories in the U.S. that make really certain shoes, and I always love when I get those because I've actually visited some of those factories. i Oh, so I'm cool! Like, There's no factory in Colorado, but I'm like this factory was in just outside of Boston, and it made these shoes. And it does there's very few like consumer products outside of food that you'd be excited about yeah, buying. Sure. And of course, Boston to Colorado is local, local, but it, it's the best um, we got. It's the best we got for shoes. Mm-hmm. And it's, it does make you feel a lot more connected to the people who made the shoes, the people who awesome. were there. And obviously that's easier to figure out with food, but I just, that's a little fun thing about like some of the their food. shoes.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's really
0: good. Guys, we've been talking for almost an hour, which is crazy that time flies like this, but we're going to end on a positive note and I'm going to ask both of you guys, doesn't have to actually be about sustainability. I know it's been the bulk of our conversation, but the question I've been finishing all these episodes with is, what are you hopeful for? I think the reason why this project came to life was to kind of, the two ends of the running world from professional to community running sometimes can feel really disparate and separate. And I've just found it to be just a really encouraging project to tie everyone a little bit closer together. So as we're coming to the end of 2022, a little reflection moment. LD, what are you hopeful for?
2: I was going to say the peace in the world, like a Miss uh, Miss Rose, but <laughs> peace in the world.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> Me too. I want peace, world peace for sure.
2: Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Obviously, world peace for the world or for myself. You can do both. Let's do that for myself. New objectives and uh, yeah, new objectives and new challenges. Running and not running. And yeah, you ran yeah. New
0: York and London this year. So, are you? How many yeah. are you going to do next year?
2: Not more, <laughs> no. But uh, probably different ones. I don't know. I don't know yet. Or maybe a neutral trail. I'm thinking about because uh, yeah, I love trailers and it's been a while. I didn't do any trail. So yeah, probably a, a trail on the list for 2023 and for sustainability and the world, I think it's a good also thing to realize that we're not living in the same place, and, but we have the same vision about how to make things better. That's for me it's like a really good point and there's a lot of hope about things and just to realize that brands also make the effort, yeah, more connected efforts, maybe for 2023. I love it. I'm feeling positive about that. <laughs>
0: Emma, when do you do New Year's resolutions? I feel like it's Um, hard with the season. It's like you have to reset in like October. (laughs) Yeah, I feel as pro
1: track runners, our New Year's resolutions come at different times of years than January 1st. That starts, you have your new goals for that upcoming season. But um, yeah, in general, I just want to be happy and healthy and have, people I love and care about be happy and healthy as well. And just, yeah, continuing chasing my goals on the track. World championships are in Budapest this upcoming year. So I hope to qualify for that. And then, yeah, just overall, I think just people try and be maybe 1% better. If all of us can just be 1% better at whatever we do, that adds up to be a really big difference So whether that's sustainability, whether that's in running, whether that's in your relationships, whatever it is, I think sometimes people get overwhelmed with huge resolutions and huge changes they want to make. And so it's just not a sustainable model to be setting yourself up for failure like that. If we all can just be a little bit better, I think that's a sustainable goal for all of us.
0: And then yeah. we'll all meet in Paris in 2024. That's the goal, right? Yeah. Sounds good.
2: Yeah. Sounds good to me. Uh, yeah, I love. <laughs> I will do a tour, a special tour. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's the marathon that, there's a public marathon that yeah, goes on the true. Olympic marathon.
2: Are you gonna do it? I don't know, cause there's no, it's every month or uh, they do challenges to 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 have the opportunity to run, but so I tried everything. So every time Emma, like did
0: you know this that there's like a public marathon during the Olympic marathon?
1: Yeah, that is insane, but it should be yeah. fun.
2: Should be chaos. Yeah. I know um, chaos. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> chaos. I don't know, but it will be yeah a lot of fun. Yeah, probably a lot of diversity also will be cool. Thank
0: you so much for listening to this episode of More Than Running. I've really enjoyed this series of The Stolen Starts and New Balance. It's been fabulous connecting with women from around the world, professional to the everyday, and learning how running connects us all. So if you like what you heard, please send this episode to a friend, subscribe to the podcast, the newsletter, you know where to find me on social, leave me a comment, and I cannot wait to keep sharing more stories with you guys throughout this year. Thank you. More Than Running is a part of the Sidious Mag podcast network and is edited and produced by Mike Zerzolo.